We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears fall to 5-2 and two after suffering their second loss of the season. This time on the primetime stage on Monday Night Football is they looked really bad against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm on your host, Zach Pearson. This week, I'm not joined by Aaron Lemming. Instead, I'm joined by Usaid Koshal, who will be here to help me break down this game and, you know, kind of what went wrong with the Bears uh, because a lot went wrong. Um, Usaid, how are you doing, man? Doing well, man. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, I look at this game and it's like, felt disappointing. It felt, um, you know, like a Bears team we really haven't seen th- this year. And overall, it was just, you know, kind of, I don't want to use the word disgraceful, but overall, it was just like, it was a weird feeling leaving that game. Even though the Bears are five and two, there's a lot more questions and answers. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the five and two record. And I think that Earlier in the year, so like early, you know, in September and then early October, when the national media was picking against the Bears every single week, games like these are exactly why. Because the Bears did not play like a 5-2 and two team. They have, when we look at the offense, right, the offense essentially has had a lucky break that's been set up by the defense in basically five out of the five wins this year. And so really it's like when the national media, you know, I go back to it again, when they were picking on the Bears, they weren't wrong now. And this game was exactly why many people just don't believe in the Bears. And this 5-2 and two star, you could argue that it's because of an elite defense and a product of playing a bunch of easy teams. Yeah, and, you know, I think you're right there because you look, and this was a game, you entered the game 5-1. and one, You have a good win against the Buccaneers, but you kind of, you know, needed some things to go your way um, in that game. Um, you've had a couple come-from-behind games where you've put yourself in a hole because your offense just really can't do anything. And then you go into this game, and it's like, okay, primetime, Monday night football, you're taking on a Rams team that's pretty much in the same position at you, although they were 4-2 and two, um, with all four of their wins prior to this one coming against the NFC East. So they were trying to make a statement as well. And for me, you know, leading to this game, I thought, okay, this is your chance. You can um, pretty much shut up the national media and, and silence the doubters. 
But instead, the Bears now are trending the opposite direction. And I don't think necessarily the sky is falling because I do think their defense is good enough to keep them in the majority of the games left uh, on the schedule. And they still have two against Minnesota. They have one against a, a pretty bad Houston team and one against a really bad Jacksonville team um, that should keep them in the playoff race. But it's, it just feels like, you know, we were talking, okay, you know, they might be able to contend for the NFC North. Leaving this game, I mean, it, right now their ceiling is a wild card. And adding to that, it would be if they're going to win a playoff game, it would have to be as that five seed going against the NFC East because I don't see any other way how they're going to win a playoff game. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned, like, you know, the Bears potentially contending for the NFC North. I think sitting here with November basically a couple of days away, look, this is a time of year where we get to – where we really have a good gauge of what are the teams that are contenders, pretenders, what are the teams that can make a run down the stretch here. The Bears, while they're pretenders and they're also in the category of they could and they can and cannot make a run down the stretch. Looking at the North, like Green Bay outside of the one loss to – the Buccaneers last week, they have played phenomenal football so far. And so the division in reality is going to come down to the Bears and Packers and the two games that are coming up here in week 12 and 17 because Minnesota is not contending. Minnesota's won one game. They're not contending for a division. The entire offense has regressed. And plus their defense has lost a lot of talent. And then you have the Lions who, yeah, they start off slow, but they're sitting here at 3-3. Three and three. Okay, we know that they're still not going to go anywhere under Matt Patricia just because that's a team that's the least talented in the NFC North. So looking at the Bears here, you're right. If they are going to get to the playoffs – it's going to be as a wild card team. It's going to be as a team, and they're going to have to play a lesser NFC East team. That's just what it's looking like, and it's likely going to be the Eagles. Yeah, and I know the Bears do still have two games with Green Bay, and they're technically only a half game out. But right now, I mean, it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers and what he's doing this season, especially after watching what the Bears did on offense on Monday night. I mean, the Chicago's defense might be able to slow down Aaron Rodgers a little bit and maybe hold him under the 20 points. But I don't see their offense, you know, even putting up 20, 24 points on a consistent basis like you're going to need. We're going to break down the rest of this game, talk a little injury news, and then get into the Saints preview. Before we do that, though, let's hit our first break of the show. Every day can bring changes, challenges, and opportunities that can also change your personal or business financial goals and priorities. As a true partner, Sandy Spring Bank can make it all a bit easier. Someone who really listens, understands, and then creates solutions in hard times and good times. We'll always strive to be your advocate today and every day. That's real banking for real life and real business. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real member FDIC. And welcome back in here, the Bear Report podcast. So you say, let's just flat out say it. The Bears offense stunk on Monday night against the Rams. Just flat out stunk. Yeah, stunk what I think, in my opinion, that's kind of an understatement right Let's there. Be because, kind. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is us being a bit nice here because this was, without a doubt, the worst offensive showing, I want to say, of the Matt Nagy era. Cause the Matt Nagy era, because era, it's like you mentioned a moment ago, right? You're in a situation where everyone's kind of, you know, doubting you, and then you have a chance on the national stage to make a big statement. And you and I wrote about this. Of the, you wrote about it more than I did. I tweeted about it. You were like, look, this is an opportunity for the Bears to make a statement. The Bears didn't make a statement. They did the exact opposite of that. You look at all night. You had the first drive where you're like, okay, some momentum is building. And then you have the penalty flag for that was called on Jermaine and Fetty. And it's just like that's been a consistent theme 
year in and year out under the Nagy, uh, under Matt Nagy. It's like every single time the offense is building some sort of momentum to begin the game, a penalty or a turnover, or just some dumb play holds them back. And for Nagy, this is a reflection on his coaching and his entire offensive staff because the reality is, is he's said multiple times, hey, we need to hone in on the details. We got to do this. We got to do that. I mean, they were talking about honing in on the details last year when Trubisky was the unquestioned starter in training camp, and yet nothing has changed. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say that was going to be my next point. What has necessarily changed since that week three win against Atlanta? And I look at this team and it's nothing. They're making the same mistakes. You go back and you listen to Matt Nagy and he said three things are, uh, were attributed to why they made the quarterback switch. They weren't converting on third downs. They were struggling in the red zone and they were committing turnovers. Let's look at these last couple games here. They've been really bad outside of one game on third downs this season. They have been notoriously bad. 4 of 14 last week against the Rams. They kind of hover around that 3 and 13 or at best they go 5 and you know 15 on third downs. They've been under 39 to 40% almost every game. You look at the turnovers. I mean, the, the throw by Nick Foles, and this is not even me advocating saying Mitch Trubisky should be the quarterback because I don't think he – I don't think he should be. I think both quarterbacks are bad. And for those that listen to this podcast and, and read the work of the Bear Report, I tried telling everyone, they're, both these quarterbacks are not good in training camp. And we can attribute some of that to not having a full offseason under their belts due to COVID. However, neither of them stood out and made me feel confident that they could run this offense. So, you know, you have Nick Foles committing turnovers. That was a god-awful decision uh, to throw the ball to Darnell Mooney in the corner of the end zone. Just just god-awful. And then the other part of it, the red zone. They scored three points in the red zone. They had three trips. They had three. They had a field goal in their first trip. They threw an interception, and they turned it over on downs. And you just can't have that, especially – you know, when the game was kind of out of reach with a three-score game and then your defense gets you into the game with a touchdown, they come out and get a three and out right away. You have the ball again. You're marching down, a chance to tie it, and, you, and your, draw, your drive stalls. And these red zone problems are happening every single week. <clears throat> Look at, against Carolina. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat here. Look against Carolina when they had – Four opportunities to essentially get the ball in from the half-yard line. And it took them until that last opportunity to do so. So I don't know what's really going on. I, I, I think there's a lot of concern here that Matt Nagy as a play caller is just not working right now. I think he's a good head coach. I, I do think he can he's, he gets his guys to play for him, for them. Um, and he is a good head coach. For me, he's just not a good play caller right now. Yeah, and you know the play calling I think just really shows up when you play certain like when you play situational football, and that's where people's biggest issue with Nagy is. That's where my biggest issue is because it's like let's talk about that Monday night trip to the red zone, one of the few that the Bears had that game. What happens is you throw the darn it, you d basically falls through the ball to Darnell Mooney in double coverage in the red zone, which again at that point I think the Bears were only down like seventeen to three, so they were still in the game at that point because all of a sudden you score a touchdown there. Now you're just down by a touchdown yourself, right? But the point is, is 
there were no tight ends on that field. And that situational play calling that when you look at Nagy, he basically has overhauled the offensive. He overhauled the offensive staff back in January by hiring Bill Lazor to be the offensive coordinator, hiring John DeFilippo to be the quarterback's coach. Then you bring in Juan Castillo, a guy you're familiar with, Clancy Barone, another name that you're familiar with. And yet it's like the situational play calling has just still been really bad. Another example I can give you is – the fourth and one pitch to Cordero Patterson. Now that night, David Montgomery on basically every single third and short was converting, right? Even though the Bears run game was still atrocious, but that's a whole separate issue. The reality is though, why would you give it to Patterson on fourth and one when you do have a bruiser and like a ground and pound guy back there? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, how many times are we going to have to watch him give the ball to Cordero Patterson on third and short, fourth and short, um, and it not succeed for him to understand, hey, this just isn't going to work. It's happened at least four times now in, in, over the past two seasons. So, yeah, I agree. I think when you watch the, the Los Angeles Rams and you see what Sean McVay did, they, you know, outside of Cooper Cup, they really don't have any big-time playmakers on their offense. I mean, Jared Goff's an average quarterback. Let's call it how it is. Darrell Henderson's a solid running back. Malcolm Brown's a solid running back. They were without their top tight end in Tyler Higby. They don't have a star wide receiver. And what Matt Nagy was doing, I mean, Reynolds was just lighting up the Bears. He was open all the time. And what Sean McVay was doing was a lot of motion. He was getting tempo, getting to the line of scrimmage, sending guys in motion, and not allowing the Bears to kind of get set and figure out and get their defense called. Instead, they kind of had a call on the fly there. And it just wasn't working. They look like a much faster team than the Bears. And it, it was clearly, like, it wasn't even, like, a, in question. It was clearly a much faster team. And I have to wonder, you know, Sean McVay does a good job of playing to his team's strengths. Why isn't Matt Nagy doing that? You know, you know what you have in your offense. Your offensive line's god-awful. Your offensive line's not going to do you any favors. And, you know, this is why part of me – doesn't want to put the full blame on Matt Nagy or Nick Foles or even Mitch Trubisky when he's in, because I do think this offensive line is so bad that, you know, it's really affecting what Matt Nagy wants to do with his offensive scheme. However, Matt Nagy needs to start playing to his strengths. And right now I don't know what their strengths are, but I would like to see more of some quick passes, um, some outside zone runs. Stop running at Aaron Donald multiple times. Yeah, and you mentioned the quick passes and whatnot. I think that one of the big elements that the Bears added this offseason with by drafting a guy like Darnell Mooney essentially was speed. Okay. Now we know Anthony Miller is explosive. They just don't get Anthony Miller the ball enough. We know what Allen Robinson can do. We know that the Bears have guys. The point I'm trying to make is the Bears have guys that can make plays and be dangerous after the catch. So you just got to get these guys the ball in space and get the ball out of false hands quick. And unfortunately, Nagy just isn't doing that. The thing is, there have been no adjustments that have seriously been made this season. Four weeks into the Foles era, by the way, because it's been, yeah, this week seven game was the fourth straight game, essentially, that Foles started, right? But, like, the offense has just looked so uninspiring, and Nagy has not adapted his game plan to fit what Foles is doing. And so now it's really, you have to start to question. It's like, yeah, the offensive line is an issue, but when the main guy and the head coach isn't making certain adjustments, then it's like, okay, well, where do you go from here? And the Bears right now, the offense has no direction. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's just no direction at all from this offense. And it's just very disappointing. Well, you say while the Bears lost this weekend, there's still plenty of sports going on, except for tonight while recording the World Series is over. But between the NFL and college football, there's going to be plenty going on from Thursdays all the way until Sundays. And you can turn in every game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple a couple dollars here on a parlay for a much bigger payout, my bookie has you covered. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn the ordinary bets into a real money maker, especially if you hit a couple big underdogs. Speaking of the underdogs, they have a ton of value, especially in the NFL. Every week it feels like there's one or two teams that's an underdog going into the game that pulls off the upset and can make you some money. Game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets, it's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into some cash in your wallet. With the holidays coming up, you might need some extra cash. Go ahead and check out my bookie. And when you do sign up at my bookie, use the promo code overtime to claim a deposit, match dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand bucks. You bet five, you deposit five hundred dollars and use that promo code, you'll get matched with five hundred dollars. Up to a thousand bucks is a great deal. This is a bonus that is designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Make sure you use the promo code overtime to you to claim your bonus when you deposit. And in addition to the NFL and college football. There's also stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets with a big election next week, and all, everything from all major sports. Once again, check out my book and use the promo code OVERTIME. You say that kind of one of the last things I want to talk about here um, with this game, because we know how bad the offense is. The, the offensive line is brutal. I don't see any changes happening. And I look today, you see the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that's not going to make the playoffs. They have a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow. They have a brutal offensive line. They make two moves in one day. They add a veteran in B.J. Finney from um, Seattle, and they are expected to also sign a guy that I thought would be a good fit for the Bears in Quentin Spain. Meanwhile, in Chicago, what are we doing here? We have Cody Whitehead not healthy. He, he's got a calf. He, he, he's day-to-day right now, so we don't know if he's going to play. We have Rashad Coward at guard, who is just overmatched. And we have two tackles that really can't block anyone. And I'll say this, you know, Leonard Floyd thinks he's a good football player, but when he beats you like he did to Bobby Massey the other night for two sacks, that just cannot happen. This offensive line is brutal. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, the offensive line, right, these are issues that, like, Pace has kind of just continued to neglect year in and year out. I mean, listen, Pace has been here for six years, and he has not drafted an offensive lineman. Um, very, I mean, the two highest offensive linemen that he's drafted have been James Daniels and Cody White here. And I think I said this on the Picks for Pace podcast when I recorded with our other writer, Andrew Freeman, earlier today. When you look at the best teams in this league, like the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, look, the Chiefs have been with, or Andy Reid's been with the Chiefs since 2013, right? They have drafted an offensive lineman, whether it's in like the first, second, third round, or whether it's on day three, in like seven of the eight years that Reed has been there. And so 
the best teams in this league are not just the ones that have a good franchise quarterback. They're also the ones that are able to consistently invest in the trenches because they know that on the basic foundation of any offense, a good offense starts by having a good offensive line because now you're protecting your quarterback, you're protecting your running back, which allows things to just flow so much more smoother. Pace, unfortunately, has neglected to kind of just continuously kick the can down the road, and now we see like it's finally costing him in 2020. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing that we heard all offseason was, okay, you know, Harry Heastand and Mark Helfrich took the the blame for a bad run game and poor offensive line. And I don't think Mark, Mark Helfrich is, is a good offensive coordinator in the NFL. I'm not defending him at all. This was more of Harry Heastand being the fall guy. What did we hear? We heard, oh, Juan Castillo will fix this. Juan Castillo is a veteran coach that can come and fix this. And I, I don't think it's too early to give up a Juan Castillo because I think he can fix this. He hasn't, though. Through the first two games, the Bears offensive line looked pretty solid. Since then, it's just been all downhill. And you're right. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do offensively without a good offensive line. You can't run the ball without a good offensive line. You can't give your quarterback time to throw. Nick Foles said it. Matt Nagy said it. He needs time to step into throws. He does not have that time right now. He's getting pressure all the time and it's showing in this Los Angeles game. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you look at the last time that, like, Nick Foles had a really solid offensive line, which was 2017 and 2018 when he was with the Eagles. Listen, we've seen when Foles has a good offensive line or even just a mediocre offensive line, he's able to – efficiently run the offense. He's not going to be the most flashy guy, but he's able to efficiently do what you need him to do, which is manage the game. Unfortunately, he doesn't have that here in Chicago. So this offensive line issue is holding the Bears back too. I'm sorry, he's holding Foles back as well. So like if you're pace, you know, you have the trade deadline coming up here in basically six, seven days. You have to call around to some other teams that you know that there's going to be a fire sale team like Atlanta, let's say, or you know, a team like the New York Jets, for example, right, that do have at least some depth, right? You got to at least call these guys up and be like, hey, what are you guys looking for? Because we want to get something kind of going here because we have to help our offensive line. Yeah, and it's just been a problem since Ryan Pace has been here. I think James Daniels is going to be a fantastic guard in this league. I think Cody Whitehair is a very good center. Um, It's just everything – around them with two bad tackles and a, and a guy that looks like he's not really interested in playing guard in Jermaine Effetti right now. He's still getting some time, you know, to, to, to ease into the position. It's just going to overshadow exactly the, the good, the, overshadow the play of James Daniels and Cody Whitehair. Um, you know, kind of flipping over the defense, we really don't have to talk a lot about them because They've been consistent. They're up to number seven in DVOA this week. Um, They scored the only touchdown for the Bears on Monday night. And, yeah, you can look at them and say, okay, they gave up 24 points. That's not all on them. They're going to give up points when the offense can't sustain drives and they have to go on the field more than they really should. I think the defense played fine. I I do think the Rams kind of tempo gave them some trouble. However, when that offense is not moving the football and the offense is giving it right back to, to the Rams and then the defense has to go back out, it's not a good recipe for success. And look at this defense. Okay, you look at the offense first. They are no better than 25th in pretty much all major offensive statistics right now. Total yards per game, 308. They're 29th. Rushing yards per game, they're worse in the NFL with 84.1. 
passing yards per game, 229.9. That's 25th in the NFL. Um, yards per play, 4.8, 30th in the NFL. Th- uh, third down conversion percentage, 35.1, which is 30th in the NFL. It, it, it's, it's awful. And then you look at the defense. They are top 15 in pretty much every major category. Or essentially, you know, I'll say this. They're top 10 in every major category, except for takeaways at nine, which they're 14th. And they had a takeaway last week. They're starting to come. The takeaways are starting to come a little more. They're, they're giving up 20 points per game, which should win you most games in, this, in the NFL. Because you look at it, teams in this league right now, they're scoring 26 to 30 to, you know, maybe 33 points a game. And your defense is holding on the 20. It's hard for me to fault the defense. I understand people have some frustrations with it. I think the defense has been fantastic. And, you know, another category that I think the Bears are actually getting better in or as the weeks go on, and it's kind of going under the radar, rush yards per game. They are 16th at 119.9. They were getting gashed early. I think they're starting to figure it out a little bit on that defensive line and stopping the run. I think they did a, a solid job against the Rams. But, man, can, can the offense just give the defense something for once? Yeah, you're right. The defense isn't an issue because time and time again, the defense has bailed this team out. I mean, listen, you look at week one, right? The defense, because they pick off Kyle or because they picked off Matt Stafford, that sparked the offensive comeback. All right, week two, the defense essentially had to go down to the wire and, um, you know, hold off the Giants with the against against the Giants at home to beat the Bears in a in a game where the offense was up seventeen nothing. And by the way, seven of those points came because Rob Quinn strips at Daniel Jones. You look at week three, Gibson picks off Matt Ryan to end the game. All right, sparking a comeback, giving them a short field to happen there too. We go to week four, right? All right, the defense had dropped two potential. Uh, interceptions in that game, but at the same time, you held Indy to just 19 points. Again, offense couldn't do anything. Week five, when Khalil Mack sacks Tom Brady and they have their little moment at the middle of the field, what happens? Offense gets the ball back, and then they go and they win by the one point. And then, you know, same thing in week six against Carolina. The Bears went up seven because Deshaun Gibson picked off, I think it was Gibson, right, who picked off um, Teddy Bridgewater started the game. So yep, those are yep. just the yeah. So those are just like I'm saying, right? A couple of the instances where none of these five wins come if some of those key signature moments don't happen because of the defense. And it's like, at what point are we going to kind of put the you know? At what point is like Nagy going to kind of put his foot down and stop saying, hey, we need to improve, we need to get better? It's like, yeah, we know you have to improve, we know you have to get better. But at the end of the day, it's just like you have your own quarterback running the show back there. Why isn't it happening? Why isn't the offense? being run efficiently the way it's supposed to with foes at the helm. Yeah, it's just it's the same old story here in Chicago. The defense doing their part, the offense not. And I feel like we're just going to wait, waste another defense here in the Windy City. And, you know, it, it's just – for me, it's frustrating because you, you want this offense to do well. And you really – I think with an offense that's even top – 15 top 17 or 18 I think you're gonna you're, you're gonna be a playoff team that's all they really need they just don't have that right now and it's really hurting them you say let's let's uh preview this game against the Saints before we do that though we're gonna hit our last break of the show we'll be right back after this the old west is an iconic period of American history I'm Chris Wimmer join me on the legends of the old west podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp 
Bass Reeves and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Welcome back in here to the Bear Report Podcast. So the Bears coming off a loss against Los Angeles on Monday night. An embarrassing loss. And, you know, you look at this upcoming schedule and you have the New Orleans Saints, historically a good road team over the last couple of years. And then after that, you have a trip to Tennessee against the, the Titans and Derrick Henry. And you wrap it up uh, with, with a home date against Minnesota on Monday night football before you go into your bye week. And I look at this, this upcoming game and I think it is now even bigger because you are five and two. You have to get to six and two. You cannot have a losing streak here, especially going on the road against a team that's going to try to run all over you um, with a really good running back in Derrick Henry. So looking at this though, this isn't your ordinary Saints team. They are vulnerable. They have struggled um, so far this year. They're uh, in second place here in the, in the NFC South. The Bears are in second place in the NFC North. And, you know, for me, I think there's going to be opportunities for the Bears to, to kind of exploit the secondary. Outside of Marshawn Lattimore, they've pretty much struggled all season long. And if this offense wants to get on track, this would be another good opportunity to, for, to opportunity for them to do that. Yeah, definitely. And and this is the thing, right? Is it's like, so Marshawn Lattimore, you're right, is the only like legitimate piece that they have. I mean, they have a veteran back there and Malcolm Jenkins, who again was on the Eagles team a couple of years ago when that same team ousted the Bears in the playoffs. But outside of that, like the Saints defense right now, you could kind of describe it in certain ways as, like, hot garbage because when you look at, like, the number of points the Saints have allowed per game, right? Like, so you allow 24 in week one, 27 in week two, 29 in week three, 30 in um, week four, and then 24 in uh, week five against the Raiders. Or essentially, I kind of went backwards there, but the point is this, right, is the Saints have allowed at least, like, 25, 26 points each game and the Bears offense we know that when this offense is clicking and playing at a high level combined with what the defense is able to do you know what they are able to kind of put the clamps down especially the offense and kind of keep pace with a team like this the Saints team it's not the same Saints team as Pat as the past where they're just going to run up the score on you I mean they're basically a shell of that but uh, not having Michael Thomas for the Saints kind of hurts them it's also a bit of a break for the Bears but then again it's just going to come down to coaching and execution yeah, and you look at last season, the Bears came in you know, to this matchup. They had a 325 game against the Saints. It was off their bye. Uh, I believe it was in week six that, that they played the Saints. And this was kind of a point last year in the season where they lost to New Orleans and things kind of just went downhill. Um, and they looked bad. And it wasn't even with Drew Brees. It was Teddy Bridgewater that, that led the victory for um, for the uh, Saints. So you look at this one, and, you know, Drew Brees is an all-time great. He's not the same Drew Brees. He's not going to beat you deep through the air. But he's still going to methodically move the ball on you and, and take his yards when he can. I think the Bears defense presents a tough challenge for the Saints offense, um, especially with the situation with Michael Thomas. I haven't heard the latest on him. I know, you know, there's been some, uh, there's been some drama and there's an injury with him. I do know he did not practice today with the ankle and hamstring. However, this one's going to fall on the Bears offense. If the Bears can't 
move the ball of the Saints defense in the secondary, they're going to be in trouble. And for me, I kind of maybe think the Bears can kind of, instead of, you know, using the run to set up the pass, maybe they should try using the pass to set up the run, especially against a vulnerable secondary that New Orleans has, and just kind of just let it come to them. But this will be a big test, man. If the Bears really can't, you know, move the football on this offense. And, and I'm not even talking through the air. I'm talking about running the football through the air, sustain drives and, and finish with touchdowns. I don't think they're going to have a chance in this game. Yeah, you're right. And that's the thing, right? So I think the best teams in this league, they do three things really well is they're well coached, they're consistent, and they're able to execute. And those three factors, I think, really feed into each other. Because when you're well coached, you execute at a high level, and then you're able to execute consistently. We haven't seen that with the Bears this year. We did not see it, especially on the offense. We have not... We. Didn't even see it Monday night against the Rams. And now you're going into a Saints team where essentially last year I remember when the Bears played the Saints. I mean, the game was on Fox. There was a screen, you know, the TV camera showed kind of a picture of Nagy. And Nagy straight up just like look like, oh, my God, I have no answers. You don't want the same thing happening. So the Bears, if they're going to be in this game and they're going to win, 50% of it is kind of keeping pace with the Saints offense that's going to be run through Alvin Kamara. The other 50 is going to be taking care of your own business and being able to be well coached and then be consistent and execute at a high level. Yeah, and, you know, I agree. I mean, before we get into our um, predictions and, and um, you know, maybe one key factor in this game, I just kind of want to hear from you. I, I just want to get your perspective on this. What do the Bears have to do in order for you to have more confidence in them, in them beginning on Sunday? So they need to first things first figure out the offensive line. And whether that is shuffling around some guys, putting a guy like Jason Spriggs in or Alex Bars in, whatever the case may be, right? But you got to get the offensive line ways figured out because, quite frankly, the Saints defensive line, like it's a pretty good front four. And a guy like Cam Jordan is just going to eat Rashard Coward alive. So you got to get the offensive line figured out. But then also you need someone else. I mean, listen, A-Rob's in the concussion protocol, so we don't know what his status is going to look like. He's likely not playing, by the way. But then you need someone else to step up. You got to get Cole Komet involved more in this offense because we've seen when you Komet's given opportunities, he takes full advantage of them, and then good things happen. I mean, Anthony Miller has been so so this year. You need someone else besides Darnell Mooney to be able to step up in that wide receiver room. So it's just a multitude of factors, but I would say start by protecting the quarterback and figuring out your offensive line. And then from there, you know, cater to Foles' strengths so that he can get the ball out quickly to these guys like Miller and Mooney. Because what's going to happen is this is if you don't do that and you start out slopping, you start out slow, this Saints team coached by Sean Payton, they're the type of team where they're going to take advantage of one or two of your mistakes, and then things are going to go south quickly. Yeah, and for me, it's I'm looking at this. I'm I want Matt Nagy to play to his team's strengths. Figure out what your strengths are. Play to them. Have an efficient offense. I'm not saying they have to go out there this week and and put up 35 and and pass and, and throw for you know 350 and have 500 total yards of offense. Make some progress because Monday night was as bad as it's gotten. It cannot have a repeat performance of that. So. I want to see the adjustments that Matt Nagy makes. That's going to be the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for on Sunday in order for me to have confidence. Can he show us, hey, I think I'm starting to figure this thing out. Hey, you know, I really don't need to give up the play calling duties. I can do this. Or is it going to be another situation where win or lose, 
it's a frustrating performance from the offense. And, and maybe if they do when the defense has to bail them out, I don't want that at all. I want a full complete game. Show me how your offense is supposed to work. You talked all off season. You got your guy. You brought in Bill Lazor. You brought in John Filippo. You brought in Nick Foles. Show me your offense, please. Show me how this offense is supposed to run, and then I'll feel a little more comfortable um, regarding the rest of the season. Now, you say, before we, let's wrap things up with this. Give me your prediction and then kind of one X factor in this game. So, okay, prediction in this is that um, the Bears are going to lose in a very close one to the Saints. I do think that we'll see some noticeable improvements from the offense this week. But the question is, the X factor is going to be the offense once again, and this feeds into my prediction because it's like, how much has the offense, how much has the offense improved in just a short time span, especially on a short week? Because you're playing on Monday, and then you're playing essentially again on Sunday. And then another thing to keep in mind is that will Nagy make the in-game adjustments? It's not just about the adjustments like week to week, right? It's also going to be about the adjustments from kind of you know, quarter to quarter or from like first half to second half. I think that if we see those, then the Bears are going to be able to compete. And then the thing is, is that the offense also needs to match what the defense is doing. Because until that happens, you just can't have the offense. You, the defense is going to get gassed, quite frankly, if the offense has, has like these two to three minute drives, essentially, where it's like you're just going three and out, three and out, three and out, and you're not putting up points. Yeah, and I agree. And I think the Bears are going to lose a close one. Um, I, I just think right now, how can you trust them to go out there and win a big game um, when they need to? I think it will be close, though. I, I think we're going to go, for my score prediction, it'll be 23-17 Saints. I, I think if the Bears are going to win, though, it's going to have to be getting that run game going and establishing the run. And I don't know if they can do that, though, with that offensive line because you're looking at, like you said, you're, they're probably going to be without Allen Robinson. They could be without Cody Whitehair. And you're still going out there and fielding Rashad Coward at that guard spot. So I, I think the X factor is really going to be the offensive line. If the offensive line plays well, I could see the Bears winning this game. However, I just don't know if I'm ready to, uh, to trust them to do that so far. Um, you say work everyone follow you on Twitter and read your work at yeah guys you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Usaid Koshua and then you can also go ahead and just read my work on the Bear Report I have like two or three articles that come out each week perfect you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson I'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Bearport Podcast, and let's hope we're recapping a a big Bears win on Sunday against the Saints. Until then, everyone, please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
MyPatriotSupply.com.